This is Pastor Kerry Willis. With joy, I invite you to this episode of an Open Door podcast. We're nearing the end of the year 2023, and I just thought I would read some devotional pieces I have written uh, a few years back, actually. I wrote two booklets for the month of December for the local church I used to pastor. And they ended up being treasured by quite a few people. But every year I pull these two little booklets out during the Advent season, and they kind of lead me all the way to the new year. Yes, through Advent to Christmas Eve to Christmas Day, and then on to the new year. And so I thought I would share a few of these short devotionals that I have written in hopes that they will give to you anticipation for the new year up ahead. Each year I ask the Lord to, you know, give me a word for the year or give me a couple of words or a sentence, whatever he chooses to. And the Lord has given me a word. And uh, I'm going to share it here for the first time today on the podcast. Uh, But those who are alongside me in leadership on the Philadelphia District Church of the Nazarene, uh, they will soon hear a lot about this word and I'll expand on it. Uh, during our prayer retreat in January, uh, during our district assembly in April, and probably during our camp meeting even in the summer. So I'm just going to give that one word that the Lord has given to me. The word is listen. And so uh, with that word, I'm going to read a few short devotionals now, and I pray that you will listen, and the Lord will make these simple devotionals profound in your life. And I'll begin now with the first one. The wonder-filled waiting rooms of life. Micah 7, verse 7. I will wait confidently for God to save me. In Luke 1 and 2, we find five characters that are waiting for God to fulfill all that he has promised. Zechariah, Elizabeth, Mary, Simeon, and Anna. They're waiting is not filled with indifference for God, but is overflowing with confidence in God. It's all too obvious that in our present culture, waiting is not in vogue. We do not stop completely at stop signs. At rest areas, we all too often leave our motors running. It's sad but true. Waiting rooms and long lines are seen as a total waste of time. I travel frequently through airports and often experience up close and personal the lack of patience on the part of humanity. Airline employees who work airport ticket counters deserve every dollar of their paychecks. People in a hurry can be quite difficult, and for the most part, most people are in a hurry. It was in the airport at Little Rock, Arkansas, that I got my greatest lesson on waiting ever. The gate area was packed with complaining passengers. Our plane was still sitting at the gate one hour after we were supposed to be flying. Finally, the lady at the ticket counter could not cope. She exited through the tunnel that led to our plane and came back with a pilot. He was a kind-faced, gray-haired man in full uniform. He took the microphone in his hand, smiled, and said, 
I am the pilot. Everyone seemed to exhale as he continued to address us with these words. I am sorry for the delay today, but take it from me. It's much better to be on the ground and wishing you were in the air than in the air and wishing you were on the ground. Wonder-filled applause erupted. Christmas time invites us into those wonder-filled waiting rooms of life. Let's wait for our pilot, God, and his flight plan. So I hope that little devotional on the wonder-filled waiting rooms of life will help us to kind of transition from the Christmas season into the new year without losing the very essence of Advent, which is waiting. And waiting can also include listening. In fact, I think waiting always includes listening. I'll read a second devotional writing now. It's titled, God is Still on the Throne. Rejoice, rest. Isaiah 6, verse 1, I saw the Lord sitting on a lofty throne. Paul is a dear friend from my childhood. We still stay in touch. We attended elementary school together on Harker's Island, North Carolina. We attended high school together at East Cardrick County High School. We both drove similar muscle cars, the 1976 Monte Carlo. I say our cars were similar because mine was prettier and faster than his. Don't laugh. It's the truth. Mine had four chrome Krager rims and a 400-block engine with a four-barrel carburetor. His didn't. Facts are facts. Shazam is right. Anyway, our competition is healthy because we both love Jesus, love each other, and we are both pastors. He's a Baptist and I'm a Nazarene. The only thing I should say now is we are both Christians. And of course, Baptists are, okay, I won't go there. Besides, I really love Baptist. I married one. To make her a Nazarene. <laughs> Did I say that? What I have written, I have written. Anyway, while we're all laughing and lighthearted, as I was writing this Christmas collection, my dear friend from childhood, yes, Paul, sent me this text message. I've been battling a kidney stone since last Thursday. I am waiting on a call from my doctor. But hey, something really great happened. My nephew has been coming to church the past two weeks. And this past Monday evening, the Lord revealed himself to my nephew. He came by my house crying and shaking and excited. He was driving home and singing along with a Christian song on the radio when all of a sudden he was touched by the Holy Spirit. What an amazing experience. I prayed with him. God is still on the throne. My response was one word. Hallelujah. Paul replied with two words. Nap time. Christmas has just passed us by, and maybe the enemy is attempting to catch us wide-eyed with weariness. Well, if so, let's remember that the Holy Spirit still touches souls, and our God is still on the throne. Hallelujah. Rejoice. Nap time. Rest.
I'll read a third devotional now. It's titled, Keep Prayer Alive. Consider God and Others. Philippians 2 and verse 3. Don't act out of selfish ambition. Think of others. I often send this message to people as the Lord prompts me to. You are in my prayer-filled thoughts. I am glad the Lord reminds me often to pray for others because it's all too easy to get off track in our relationships with God by forgetting others and thinking only of ourselves. At the beginning of 2012, I sensed in my seeking that I should saturate in the writings of Andrew Murray for the year. Though he lived most of his life in the 19th century, Andrew Murray's extensive writings inspire a fully devoted, deeply personal relationship with Christ through prayer. The writings have not been a disappointment. Quite the opposite. In fact, for each day since I began to read and reflect, I have anticipated how God will use the words of Andrew Murray to teach me to pray. Recently, as I was reading one of his prayer-filled writings, this statement froze me stiff in my tracks. Selfishness is the death of prayer. Andrew Murray went on to explain that the reason our prayer lives yield such little joy and so few blessings is likely because we too often offer nothing more than self-centered prayers before the throne of mercy. Andrew Murray says that healthy praying will enlarge our hearts for the desires of God and for the needs of others. He invites us to consider God and others when we pray. If we really want to know true blessing in prayer, let us pray now. Lord, help us to always pray and remember your greatness, your holiness, and your love. Lord, help us to be true intercessors praying with you for whomever and whatever is on your holy heart. Make us selfless, lest we become prayerless. Let your Holy Spirit indwell us and teach us to pray in a way that gets heaven's attention. Amen. Well, I'm going to conclude now uh, with a, a final writing. Uh, it was the December uh, 31st writing for the first little devotional booklet I wrote for the month of December. I actually wrote this little book in the year 2002, and uh, it's amazing how the principles continue uh, to be real in my own life. Uh, so I want to share with you uh, the December 31 rendering. Uh, I titled it RWWY. Uh, that's actually the title of the booklet, R-W-W-Y, Remember Who's With You, or even better, Remember Who's Within You. Uh, this is something I taught my children when they were in middle school. Uh, you might remember that the first school shooting that was notable happened out in Colorado. We were living in Virginia at the time, and it was pretty difficult for parents across the nation uh, to drop their kids off at any school. And so I reminded them, R-W-W-Y, each morning before they would get out of the car to go to school, I would pray with them, and I would say, R-W-W-Y, remember who's with you, or remember who's within you. Isaiah 52 and verse 12. 
but you will not leave in haste or go in flight. For the Lord will go before you. The God of Israel will be your rear guard. The true story is told about a team of lifesavers stationed six miles south of the Cape Hatteras, North Carolina Lighthouse. On April 4, 1881, the courageous crew of seven readied themselves for a seemingly hopeless rescue. Their responsibility, like their motto, was risky. The life-saving book says we have to go out. It doesn't say nothing about coming back. On this frightful day, with hurricane-like winds blowing away from the shore, the lifesavers did something unusual. They signed their personal wills and left them behind for their loved ones to find. There was little hope that they would save their own lives, much less rescue the lives of the shipwrecked crew in the angry waves. As they launched the wooden boat and manned the oars, surely prayers were being prayed with each breath they took. Many lifesavers of yesteryear were God-fearing men of faith. On this seemingly hopeless day, the crew's prayers were answered. They encountered hope in the infamous graveyard of the Atlantic. As they began to sink, the winds miraculously shifted, and they were not only returned to shore with their own lives, but also with the four lives of the crewmen who had been clinging to the rigging of a sinking ship. As we launch out into the unknown seas of a new year, let us remember that Jesus is on board our boat. The master of the sea is surely with us. Let us pray prayers to our God and whisper to each other, R-W-W-Y. Remember who's with you. Remember who's within you. Let us remember who goes before us and who comes behind us and who dwells within us. I like to pray this prayer as a closing benediction uh, to this edition of the Open Door Podcast. And at the conclusion of this prayer will be the conclusion of this session. My prayer is that you will find God's favor up ahead in the months, days, and hours ahead. And let's remember also to listen. Now I pray a prayer of comfort for a new and seemingly uncertain year. Almighty God, our Abba Father, go before us, be our guide. Surround us on all sides, be our gate. Live and reign within us, be our guarantee. And please cover us continuously from behind. Yes, please be our rear guard. Speak to us the promises of your presence. Remember who's with you. Remember who's within you. Say to us, surely I am with you always. In Jesus' name, amen.